Time to show and tell now, shall we? What is good, beautiful people of the world? I am Creator K, and welcome to episode 35 of the Show and Tell podcast, a bi-monthly show on every first and third Tuesday of each month where a special guest and I share stories, music, and art that you should know about because sharing is caring. But I just lied to you because this episode, as you've probably noticed by now just by looking at the title, is a solo run. No guests, just your boy. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. If you've listened before, welcome back. As I just mentioned, there is no guest for this episode, so I get to rock the mic. Let's get it. The spotlight is on me. and I'm going to rock it until I start to question whether anything I'm talking about is worth listening to. But I hope it is, at the very least, to the collection of people who submitted questions via Instagram and Twitter to be answered by yours truly. Yes, this is a special Ask Me Anything episode. Uh, Again, I posted on the socials to send me questions about anything, which I feel weird about in a way. Because it feels kind of self-absorbed for to like ask people to ask me questions as if I'm someone of importance who people are craving answers from. But that could just be my uh, imposter syndrome talking. Even though I've done a lot of shit, I don't think I'm shit and deserve anything I've been given or will be given to me in my life. And that just got really dark. But the whole intention is that I get to engage a bit more directly on the show with those who asked questions. But I also think a lot of these questions will be fun for you to think of answers to as you listen along. So that will take up all of part one of the show. Part two will run as usual. I will share an item that means something to me. It's a material item that's come into my life recently that has helped me start to change my lifestyle for the better, both physically and mentally. That's a little bit of a hint, but we'll obviously get into it more as we get into the episode. So let's get into it. It's time for show and tell. Okay, 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 okay. You're living my dream state. It's fucking hot in this room. What's good? It's Creator K. Welcome to episode 35 of the Show and Tell podcast. It, yeah, it's still hot. I went away to visit some family safely, everyone. And uh, I was hoping that when I would come back to Boston, the weather would be a little bit cooler because for like five days straight, it was like 93, 98, 96, 92. And today it was 89. So I guess it's a it's a small win, but it's still like six degrees hotter in here. Uh, and like I said before, I have to turn the fans off and shut the window. So it just gets so hot in here. But uh, we move on. We move on. Um, so what's good? Yeah, no guests today. It's just Creator K. It's just you boy. It's just me keeping it casual, answering some questions. As I mentioned in the intro, I asked for some questions on Instagram and Twitter. So let's just get down and dirty with these questions, shall we? The first one is from Johnny Football, Jonathan Marcello, the homie from back home. He'll know what that means. You'll you'll probably know what that means too if you're not him. It's from Instagram. How are you doing? What a great way to start off the episode. I totally didn't, you know, order the questions in a particular way. How am I doing? I'm doing good, man. Or I'm doing well. I'm doing quite well. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I have my days. Um, you know, today the morning was not great. It was kind of fucking shitty. I had a, just a lot of stress and it was uh, causing a lot of anxiety. But we worked through it. We got the work done that needed to get done. The other shit done that needed to get done. And now we're here. I get the pleasure of recording this podcast, which is always a fun time. Sometimes that stresses me out a little bit, like leading up to the, re- the recording, especially if I have a guest. I just get nervous. But then when I'm doing it, I'm like, wow, this is really awesome. So it's really cool to have this outlet as a way to not only like provide content and, um, you know, that people enjoy listening to and and I and I enjoy making. So, um, yeah, like I said, I have my days. I'm working on that. I'm trying to work on myself from a mental perspective mental health perspective more, um, which is, which is good. I'm also working out a lot more. I'm falling into a regular routine of exercising, running a bit more, doing some high intensity interval training or hits as they say, which is really nice. And I think that that's, uh, helping my mental health. I'm actually going to talk about that a little bit more in part two. So I, I'm, I'm further spoiling what part two is like, sorry, I just wiped my mouth with a towel cause I'm starting to sweat. It's starting to get really hot in here. But, uh, anyway, to, to answer that question again, really succinctly, I'm doing quite well. Thank you for asking. This next question is from nabzo.13 underscore on Instagram. He asks, well, he actually has two questions. The first of which is, be honest, how long was your longest mustache? So he knows that I have a mustache because I pop up on Jimmy Conrad's uh, Twitch show um, 
almost every episode actually, but yeah, pretty often. And also if you know me, you know, I have a mustache. I've been rocking it for a couple of years. If you don't know me, you can see my mustache, I guess, on, at creator underscore K on Instagram if you're curious. And Nabzo, my mustache currently is as long as it will ever be, if that makes sense. Like my, my I did not get the good facial hair genes passed down from my dad. My dad has a mean mustache. It's solid. It's strong. It's been around as long as I've been around, 26 years. My brother, Matt, a.k.a. Killer Kowalski, can grow a massive beard, also strong, also solid. Yet I get really patchy facial hair. It doesn't always connect. The mustache is the only thing that I am like proud of, I guess, or the only thing I feel is worth growing. Sometimes I get a little like, you know, chin scruff to go along with it. But lately I've just been doing the mustache because I feel like, I don't know, maybe I just need something that makes me feel unique, but it doesn't really get that much longer than this. I trim it maybe like once every two weeks and I probably don't even really need to. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. I, I hope everyone's like learned something fun about new about me <laughs> anyway nabzo.13 underscore second question when will Corey be back from his holiday so this is another thing Corey is a character that i've created uh who is very much an extension of myself so he pops up mainly again on jimmy conrad's twitch channel you should go tune into that if you're into soccer it's a soccer news variety show and he's Corey. i just made him it's a long story i made him for like no reason he's just a really chill dude and he's actually sitting next to me do you want to hop on and say what's up? All right, cool. Corey's going to hop on for a second, and he's just going to say what's up and, and answer your question, Nabzo. Yo, what's good? It's your boy Corey with a K. K-O-R-E. Why? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. What's good? Listen, Nabzo.13 underscore is it? Dots and underscores are sick characters, but they're not as good as the degree character. You know, 360, 180, McTwist, you know, 360, 180, McTwist, all of those things. But, you know, with respect to you, the number 13 kind of freaks me out a little. I'm a little suspicious, get a little scared around ladders because uh, I fell off of one once when I was seven and then again when I was nine. But... Yeah, anyway, to answer your question, when will I be back from my holiday? Listen, you should know by now that I'm always on holiday. Even when I'm working, I'm having a good time. And isn't that what a holiday is? Just being at peace in your mind and just riding the waves, going under them, going over them sometimes. It's just like all, right, all of my... No, dude, let me finish. Ah, right. oh, all right. Creator K wants me to go. So, all right, peace out. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's Corey. Uh, there's a place in time for him though, and it is not really here on this podcast, so that might be the only time he ever pops up. But yeah, anyway, Nabzo, thank you for your questions. This next question comes from DVD Collector on Twitter, the homie Nick. Thank you for asking this question. Hope you're well. If you could change one thing about Boston's local music scene, what would it be? Now, I've lived in Boston for three years, so I won't claim to be heavily immersed in the music scene. One, because I'm an introvert and I don't go out that often, and two, because I really haven't been here for that long. And I've only been a part of uh, hosting and curating two events, both of which were with George Peshkov. And I actually asked him this question as well to get his perspective. And he surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, he uh, shares the same view as me. I think it's mainly a matter of accessibility in terms of the quote unquote underground scene, the scene of music that you know we both enjoy. It's just a matter of accessibility, really, for the, the music and culture that we have involved ourselves in in Boston. I think there's there are venues for sure. I mean, you've got the Sinclair, you've got the House of Blues, you've got the Aganis Arena. Those are all big venues for bigger artists to, to play at. But the cost to perform there is kind of absurd for someone who is quote unquote underground. Now, the Dorchester Art Project is a very awesome venue. It's an art space, but it also has, you know, a, a room where you that has a stage where you can actually perform. And um, everyone who works there, who volunteers there is, is really dope, really cool people to work with. I just don't think there's enough spaces like that. There's a lot of other, I'll use this word again, spaces where you can perform, but there's not, they're not venues, if you know what I mean. They're not music specific venues. So I think that could be a little bit better from my limited perspective, I should say. And I think, you know, it'll all come in good time. I think as people crave more things like that stuff will pop up 
Um, and I think the Middle East is kind of falls into uh, that echelon as well with Dorchester, our project. Um, so I, I just feel like more places like that would be good. I mean, we have Berkeley College of Music. There's so many talented individuals that would yearn for a space to perform at and get their name out there from a very early age while they're still in school and have it be like, have it just not cost that much money. That's just, I don't know. I think that's probably, uh, that's probably all I can really give on that. But that's a really good question, though. That's a really good question. This next one comes from Bopstop on Instagram at bop.stop, B-O-P dot S-T-O-P. They're a really dope account. I highly recommend people go follow them. We've had some some really uh, fun conversations, interesting, thought-provoking conversations on the DMs. And if you think that I do a lot of playlist curating, they do even more. And if you like the kind of music that we share on Show & Tell, you'll like what Bopstop does. No cap. But with all that said, I also want to say that I hate Bob Stop because they asked me this question, Sylvia Demo or the Sun's Tirade? That is a really hard question. Sylvia Demo and the Sun's Tirade are both albums from TDE artist Isaiah Rashad, incredibly talented hip-hop artist. I very much enjoy listening to his music. And my answer is Sylvia Demo. And it's really just because of the timing and what I was into at that time, the music that I liked listening to, the wave that I was on. Because in 2014... Sylvia Demo came out. We also had Oxymoron from Schoolboy Q, another TDE member. I was also just listening to Kendrick Heavily, again, TDE member. So I was kind of on that like West Coast rap vibe. Uh, also on top of that, Doris from Earl Sweatshirt came out in 2014. Wolf from Tyler, the Creator. Vince Staples was another artist. So those are the hip hop artists I was kind of listening to at the time. Whereas in 2016, I was more on the Denzel Curry Imperial uh, Lucky X, who all, it just goes by Lucky now, Son of Sam EP, Chester Watson, another Florida artist, Flatbush Zombies, uh, Skeptis Kanichiwa came out in 2016. Uh, the Sun's Tirade also did come out at that time as well, but I just didn't get around to listening to that. And that's just part of what my listening habits were back in the day. This is going to really upset people, like really upset people. And some people have heard this before, but I still haven't listened to Blonde by Frank Ocean. And I know I can feel, I just, I can feel it. I can feel it right now after saying that, how you are feeling and the gasps, I can hear them. I just, I just haven't gotten around to it and I will, I will get around to it. I promise. I just haven't, like, I, I just didn't get to listen to it around the time when it came out. And because of that, I just like moved on. I was just listening to whatever else I was listening to. And I just never got around to listening to it. It's partially because I wanted to let the hype kind of dissipate. Um, or any bias type, you know, recency bias, but yeah, not, that's just a, a, the biggest example I can give. So this, the Sun's tirade is another one that's like that. Whereas Sylvia demo was like kind of towards the beginning of my like uh, re falling in love with hip hop music. So I mean, Sylvia demo had Webby Flow, R.I.P. Kevin Miller, Menthol, Tranquility is probably my favorite off of that. Shot You Down, actually, that might be my favorite. The music video for that sounds weird, but when he slammed the table and the dominoes flew up in slow motion, I loved that because I was very much into the idea of being a music video director, and I just thought that was cinematic or whatever. Um, so I really liked that, but I listened to The Sun's Tirade. I gave it the time of day in uh, anticipation of answering this question, and it's a fucking good album, and I'm going to listen to it a lot more. It, it definitely has like a different vibe, but that, okay. But that said, I, I still pick Sylvia demo, but I would recommend listening to both of them. If uh, you like rap music and you like Kendrick and, you know, J rock and all those dudes, Bob stop. I was just kidding. That was a great question. Thank you for asking that. We're going to go back to Twitter. This one comes from Gish and 21. What up Gish? I miss you. We used to play Xbox all the time and then you got a PS4 and that made me sad, but that's okay. Cause everybody grows and sometimes we grow apart, but that doesn't mean it's a negative thing. So, anyway, he asks, if you could do an episode with anybody right now, who would it be and why? I love that question. Now, obviously, I could answer that with, I would love to have Kendrick Lamar on or Childish Gambino because I think they have really just a lot to, a lot to share and they are frugal with the information that they share, the wisdom that they impart. Um, you can obviously find interviews um, like Kendrick Lamar's interview with Rick Rubin is, is really enlightening. I, I think now that I say that Pharrell would be an awesome guest to have on, but I'm going to maybe not aim a little lower. That sounds bad, but just kind of think a little bit more realistically. And I'm going with choker again, surprise, surprise, not really much of a surprise for an answer. I love choker. He is an artist who has changed the way that I listen to music with his album, honey bloom. He's very genuine 
Um, or at least he seemed that way when I met him in person. I saw him at a show in Boston and he, there was no green room. So he hung out at the merch table after the show and there was a line of, you know, at least 50 people. I'm not good at, you know, counting how many people are in a room or whatever, 50 to 100 people. And he said, what's up to all of them and took a picture with everyone, including myself. I was one of the last people in line and I could tell that he was a little bit drained from all those social interactions as I would be as well. But he just seemed really genuine and he's also not very public on social media, which I think is really uh, unique. So he hasn't shared much. So I think it'd be awesome to kind of have a conversation uh, just about, you know, his perspective and his ideas and his ambitions and all of that. So I would definitely love to have Choker on. Maybe this is speaking it into existence. I'll try to make that happen. That would be amazing. So thank you, Gish. Thank you, Gish, for that question. This next question comes from Arbaz TDE on Instagram. Is if that if yo I I haven't asked you this yet, but if TDE means Top Dog Entertainment, that's sick. If it doesn't, that's also cool. But yeah. Anyway, he <laughs> he asks, "What are my thoughts on K-pop?" I don't really have any thoughts on K-pop to be honest. I don't listen to it. I've never really tried to listen to it too much, so I don't think it's right for me to pass judgment on it. Um, again, in anticipation of answering this question, I, I looked up a couple songs and it seems like the composition and sonic quality kind of just sounds a lot like American pop and I'm not really into American pop. Uh, and I just, it doesn't draw me in. I don't really feel like I can connect with the artist. So that's, that's probably all I can say on that. So thank you for the question. This question comes from GK Isaac on Instagram. He asks, who makes your stickers? The quality is very, very good. Well, they come from Sticker Mule, custom stickers that kick ass. Great quality at a reasonable price. What else does their website say? Free shipping, free online proofs, fast turnaround. No, but for real, I, uh, all my stickers that I've ever ordered for, whether it's for Jimmy Conrad, Warm Baller stickers, or Show and Tell, or if I've ever recommended a sticker company to somebody who wants to print stickers out, I always recommend Sticker Mule. They're really quality. There was one time where I like I messed up the design or I made the design in a way where it didn't come out that well. And I told them that I, I, I didn't like it and they just remade them. I just resubmitted a new design and they remade them. So shout out to them. If they want to sponsor the show, that would be sick. But yeah, I uh, Sticker Mule. That's who makes my stickers. They're dope. These next two questions are from Mroco on Instagram. Fun fact, this is my sister. She's a lovely person. When is slash what is your earliest memory of experiencing music? Now, I feel like she might know the answer to this question, but maybe not because it's, it's been a long time since I was a youngin. But I would say 1998 is the first year I remember. <laughs> it's, it's weird that I'm saying a year, right? Like, I remember it was May 18th of 1998. What a great year. What a great day. No, but really, I, I say 1998 because that's when the Millennium Funk Party compilation came out. It had a lot of funk on it. Commodores, Ohio Players. You know, the song Brick House. That shit was dope. I remember that being bumped. I might not have been four when I listened to it because I was born in 1994, but I was certainly a, a very young age. I also really strongly remember the song Communication Breakdown from Led Zeppelin because my dad loves Led Zeppelin and they are my favorite. Well, no, let me say this. I think they're the greatest band of all time. You can at me. We can talk about it, but I'm not going to change my mind. I also remember Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. And this one, it's from the No Strings Attached album. Bring in the noise by InSync. Yes. My brother John and I, the brother closest in age to me, when uh, the song would start, it's like, bring in the noise, bring down the house, some more words that make up the song. We would just walk around in circles. I, I'm not even exact. I'm not literally we just like walk around in a very tight circle to the beat of the song and get dizzy. I don't know, man. It was weird. But that, yeah, I remember that song. Um, I also remember Soul Live doing something. That was a 2001 album, jazz funk album. Amazing. Still holds up. I listened to it a couple days ago. And I actually just dropped one of the songs into the main show and tell playlist, the Sharon is Carrying playlist. It's, it's fire group, trio, make dope music. And then lastly, I also remember Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake. I would have been eight years old. And I just remember hearing that on the radio constantly because I listened to the radio before I fell asleep at our old house. I lived in two houses, one up until eight years old. And I just remember hearing that on the radio, like the late night radio. And by late night, it was probably like, what, 8.30 at night. So yeah, Justin Timberlake. But yeah, Led Zeppelin, there's some Beatles in there, a lot of funk, a lot of jazz. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very thankful for the music taste that was 
instilled in me at a very young age because it's a lot of good music. The second question from Emroco on Instagram is, what genre of music do you struggle to listen to? Now, the obvious answer is country music. I do not like country music. I respect it. I respect anybody who makes music because I can't do it. But I just don't like country music. It doesn't float my boat, and I'll leave it at that. The other kind that is a little bit closer in relation to what I enjoy listening to, but I obviously don't enjoy listening to, is Big Room House. Like four on the floor, very formulaic melodies that kind of just dance along a keyboard and are just, to me, really obnoxious. And again, formulaic, I just, I don't know. They just, I just don't like it. Uh, like Hardwell, David Guetta, DJ Tiesto, not, just not a fan. I can't really get into it. I had friends in college who would listen to that and it's tolerable, but I just, I struggle to listen to it to answer that question. So thank you, Emily, for those questions. You're the best big sister ever. <laughs> the next one comes from Jordan Seymour 82 on Instagram. And can I just say, it feels really good to have supportive family members and loved ones. Jordan Seymour 82, that's her real official government name is my girlfriend and I love her very much. So it, uh, yeah, thank you for asking this question. You could have asked it to me to my face because you're a couple rooms away. But, you know, if this works for you, I am willing to answer this question through this medium. How has your music taste evolved over the years? Now, this question can be answered just with a bunch of name drops. And that's kind of what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk you through the timeline of Creator K's music taste. And I had to write this shit down because it's a lot. I've listened to a lot of music over the years. From a very young age, I've already talked about it. Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Michael Jackson in sync for some reason, Justin Timberlake, Millennium Funk, a lot of funk, a lot of jazz. My first CD ever, which I don't know the year exactly, might have been 2000 or early, early 2000, was Yellow Cards Ocean Avenue, which is dope. I love that album. It's so good. It still holds up. Great band. Along with them, I also listened to a lot of Green Day. I also had the album Demon Days by Gorillaz, time transcending album. So good. The rest of that era was heavily influenced by the MP3 CDs. Do you guys remember those where you could have a CD and you, you know, you'd play it in a Walkman, but it was an MP3 CD. So you could have like 200 songs on it. Um, yeah, my brother would make those for me and he'd put on just a lot of music that he think I would like. And at the time I didn't like all of it, but looking back, they're all such good songs. There was a lot of, you know, Tribe Called Quest, which resonated with me immediately. Uh, I, I'm just going to list off the ones that I liked at the time. Parliament Funkadelic, Black Alicious, Rakim and KRS-One, The Roots, Fuji's. Those are so good. And that also kind of almost in a way spawned my passion for sharing music with people because I liked making those CDs for my friends as well. So let's move on a little bit. Early teenage years, still had Yellow Card in the mix. Under Oath started to creep in. My uh, angsty, emo, uh, hardcore side started to creep in. It's interesting because when I started listening to the kind of post-hardcore metal-ish hard rock music. I was a little embarrassed and I also didn't really like the rough vocals at the time. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'm very much into metalcore music, post-hardcore, and I didn't like the vocals, the rough vocals, um, but then I really grew into it and I really enjoyed it. And Under Oath was one of the first bands. The Almost, which was kind of a, nah, it wasn't a spinoff band, but the drummer slash singer of Under Oath was, uh, had another project called The Almost that was really good. I got into math rock if you guys ever listen to math rock, Chan is kind of a math rock-ish band nowadays. This Town Needs Guns. Actually, I think they just go by TTNG now. They were sick. Really, really techy, melodic stuff to listen to. Circus Survive. Not that they're a math rock band, but I love listening to Circus Survive. And it was kind of more on the rock side. But there is Drake. Drake was in there. I like Drake uh, in the early teenage years. And I still, I know, I know. I've mentioned my thoughts on Drake. I don't mind him. I don't like all of his music. I don't like all of his personality, but I don't mind Drake. And I listened to his music in the, in the uh, early teenage years of my life, like so far gone and stuff like that. Great. You're the best I ever had. That was such a shitty rendition of that. I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, and then if we move on to kind of the middle teenage years, we had Tyler, the creator, Kendrick Lamar, who my brother put me on to childish Gambino and just, Oh, and Kanye West as well. Uh, you know, college dropout, late registration, graduation, great albums. And just to rewind a little bit, dance, Gavin dance, my favorite band, probably my favorite musical artist in general started to come up in that era. Now let's move on to the late teens. This is like 2013, 2016. Once again, my brother, 
put me on to SoundCloud. Well, I kind of already knew what SoundCloud was, but he put me on to Selection and Katrinata and Sam Gelletry, Future Beats, good music, loved it. Didn't know what to make of it at the time, but I knew that it was really good. I loved the bass. I loved the percussion, all of these new sounds that I hadn't heard before, these grooves that made me want to dance. And I also made me feel like I was good at dancing. I just feel like like Katrinata and, and all of those artists are so conducive to dancing in a way that makes you feel like you're good at it. Like there's no bad dancing. You know what I mean? I love that. I loved it so much. And then the rap revival was around then for me. Up until 2012, I was listening to a lot more post-hardcore rock and metal and and stuff like that but then joey badass's 1999 came out yeah the whole new york you know kind of beast coast movement is what really got me back into rap music and i am forever grateful for that we had underachievers flatbush zombies we still had kendrick in there we had chance the rapper i know i'm extending past beast coast but those were some of the rappers that really got me back into rap music acid rap is one of my favorite albums of all time so good life-changing And now we move on to now. And that's pretty much everything that you see shared on Show and Tell. I just love to listen to all kinds of, well, I shouldn't say that. I like to listen to a lot of kinds of, (laughs) a lot of different kinds of music. And I'm open to listening to anything uh, except for country and big room house. But I just like sharing the stuff that I like to listen to. So if you're into the playlist, that's pretty much what I like to listen to now on top of Stuff that doesn't necessarily fit the show and tell vibe, like the metalcore, Veil of Maya, uh, Under Oath, Dance Gavin Dance, Issues, um, the Color Morale, bands like that. Uh, and then, yeah, just jazz, funk, future beats, dance music, future house. Like, I, I know I don't like like the, the big room house, but I still like a different kinds of house music and a little bit of techno, some lo-fi, a little bit of ambient, neo-soul, R&B, other i think that's it i can't think of any more genres but i'm sure there are others that i'm forgetting so yeah that's pretty much uh, how my music taste has evolved over the years and um i can't wait to listen to more music now this question is a good one and i think you the listeners will really enjoy answering it yourself this comes from yet another loved one my brother killer kowalski at killer kowalski on twitter and instagram i believe correct me if i'm wrong He's not here, so he can't do that. But Instagram will probably correct you if you got it wrong. It's Killer Kowalski. Just look up Killer Kowalski. He's really cool and shit. He asks, if you pass someone the aux, A, what's a song they could play that you would trust them for the whole party slash drive? And B, what's a song that would get their aux privileges revoked for life? I am glad I had a little bit of lead up to this episode so I could think this through and I wasn't just hemming and hawing on the mic. The first part of this question is easier to answer than the second, but I will answer the second part first. What's a song that would get someone's aux privileges revoked for life? Now I could answer it. See, it's, it's, it's a little easier if I just name an artist and the one that came to mind quickly was Kodak Black. I feel like if you put on Kodak Black or you put on like some Lil Uzi track and I, I don't mind Lil Uzi, don't get me wrong. I don't like Kodak Black. But I just feel like that is kind of setting the tone for what is going to be played next. And I just can't listen to that style of music for more than a short period of time. Like if it's kind of tossed into a playlist that has other stuff that I like, fuck yeah. But if it's just that over and over and over, or if it's just a lot of like the kind of trap music you find on TikTok that's gotten famous through TikTok, I just, I'm going to have to take the aux cord away from you. A, A couple songs specifically. One song specifically is Tunnel Vision by Kodak Black. I just feel like I needed to answer with a specific track, and that's one. That song sucks. DJ Khaled and Drake's song Grease I think is bad. I don't like it. I would take the aux chord from you if you played it because there are better ones out there. It sounds like Drake recorded it. It sounds like Drake recorded his vocals in my bathroom. And DJ Khaled just yelling his name at the beginning of a track just really turns me off. Um, and again, I know I'm shitting on Drake. That said, I do like Popstar. That song, DJ Khaled and Drake, Popstar is good. But once again, DJ Khaled, shut the fuck up. Stop saying your name over the track. It's super annoying. I know that's your producer tag and other people have producer tags, but yours is the most obnoxious one I've ever heard. So yeah, that that's another one. Another song is Can't Hold Us by Macklemore. That goes without saying. I think anybody would take the uh, aux chord from someone who played that song. And uh, Lil Nas X, Old Town Road. I'm I'm just tired of it. I I don't I never liked the song. I still don't. I see the appeal. 
it's uh it's a revolutionary track but i just don't like it i don't like it i'm sorry now to answer the first part of the question if you played this song i would trust you with the aux for the rest of the party or drive i could again answer this with a lot but i'm just going to pick one i'm going to keep it short and sweet and that is father son holy smoke by smino because if you're going to play a song by smino and father son holy smoke is one of my favorites from smino you're probably going to play saba you're probably going to play some raven Linnae. you're probably going to play some no name you might play some Mick Jenkins, some other Pivot Gang members, and other, and just, you know, it means you fuck with Monty Booker's production, which is amazing. So you probably also fuck with Sango's production, and I feel like that just opens up a rabbit hole of music that I'm super into. So that's the track. If you played that song, or if you, you know, if you played some other Mick Jenkins or some Saba or whatever, I, I feel like I could really trust you because the world that they live in, the musical and creative sphere that they are involved in and the other artists who are in that same bubble... I fuck with. Great question, Killer Kowalski. And I'd love to hear what you guys think. If you want to DM at Let's Show and Tell on Instagram or Twitter and give your answer to that question, please do. I think it'd be really cool to hear from from y'all on that. This is the last music-specific question, I think. It's from Jeffrey underscore Ulysses underscore Gissinger. Geisinger? I think I said that right. Sorry, Jeff, a.k.a. Zugzwangen. If I got that name wrong, I apologize. But uh, this is a really cool question. It's also really hard for me to answer. What do you look for when discovering new music? And I I think it's easier for me, if I may, to manipulate this question and say, what do you listen for when you're listening to music? And like, what makes it good to you? And the, the short answer is just how unique the song is. I am a Sonics first kind of guy. I like to listen to just how the song sounds, especially if it has vocals in it. I tend to listen to the instrumental first and how the vocals kind of play into the instrumental or are a part of the song as a whole. It takes me a bit to tune into lyrics. I'm just not great at that. I just don't think I have that skill or sometimes it's just hard for me to tap into that part of the song because I'm listening to the sonic side, you know, how the bass sounds, the percussion, the melodies, the harmonies, how the vocals kind of dance along top of the instrumental. In terms of rap, I listen to the delivery and flow first and foremost. If a rapper has a really unique flow or a really hard hitting delivery or a delivery that kind of matches the overall energy of the song, then that's what I tune into. For the most part, that's what I look for. That's what kind of triggers my fancy. And also the production. If I really like the beat, I guess that probably comes before delivery and flow. If I really like the beat, then I'm going to continue to listen to the song, especially the percussion and the bass line for sure. If we're talking electronic, again, it's percussion. That's what I'm listening to first. And just how the song makes me feel physically, like if it sends chills down my spine or if I kind of tense up and lean closer to the speakers or if I get up and dance, Um, And I just really also enjoy minor details in electronic music. I like just very subtle things that keep you listening that might happen every eighth measure or every four bars or whatever it may be, something that you want to listen to and keep listening to that is just very subtle and doesn't make the song, but it kind of makes the song, if you know what I'm saying. For the vocal-centric genres, I can only put it in this way, note ambition. There's definitely a better term for that, but it's if the vocalist is really ambitious about just hitting notes that you might not expect and just, you know, hitting like falsetto and just dancing around their range and having just a big range in general. I really enjoy that. And also using their voice as a multifaceted instrument. I think, you know, the voice in itself is an instrument, but that's why I like Choker so much is because, you know, the way that his vocals are mixed is one thing and it's amazing. Like he uses auto-tune to his advantage. And I think, you know, that's what most people do with auto-tune, but I, I really like how he uses it to create almost like an instrument in itself and the way that he just will just use his voice to kind of shout or just make noises um, that aren't necessarily lyrics I think is really great and I I just like hearing uh, vocalists who kind of just test the boundaries of what is I guess acceptable in vocal centric genres so yeah that's kind of what I look for I don't know I also just feel like I'm the music finds me in a way, you know, two more questions. I save these ones for last. They're a little bit more deep. I'll try not to get too deep because I don't know how long I'm running on time, but hopefully not too long. This one is from mass E music, mass underscore E underscore music. Done a little work with him for cover art. He's a dope artist. You should go check him out. What around you would be an indicator or would make you feel like you've quote unquote made it in life, man, <laughs> just happiness. I think, I think you're just asking like what, is success to me and success to me is being happy doing what I want to be doing, doing what I love doing. 
Um, I want to be able to make a living. You know, I, money's not the most important thing right now or else I wouldn't be doing this, but I'd like to be doing this and making a living off of it because I feel like it's kind of what I'm placed here on earth to do, to connect people and share and, or at least try to do that. So I just think being happy is a, is a main thing, not stressing over money, not necessarily being super rich, but just being at a place where I don't have to worry about, you know, money. I just don't want to have to stress over it. Cause I, I, I stress over it and you know, I'm doing fine for anyone who's wondering, but I am very frugal. I don't like spending my money. I don't like spending it on literally anything. I get such buyer's remorse when I buy groceries even. So I just want to be in a place where I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I can, I can get that new camera lens or I can, you know, upgrade my desk or, you know, get a better, I don't know, whatever it may be, just feeling a little bit more comfortable with that and not having that shit stress me out. Now, if we're talking in terms of like physical possessions, like what, it, what would be an indicator uh, that I've made it? A drum set. I had a drum set for such a long period of my life. It was my brother's, then it was mine when he moved away and I would bash the shit out of that such a, a good release of emotions, but, uh, obviously moved on, you know, I went to college and I moved away. Can't have a drum set here. My parents moved that drum set along and I would just love that. I feel like that is kind of the sign where it's one of those things that I don't need it. Um, but I think that would be kind of the indicator of like, yeah, I I've made enough money in my life where I can get something that I've wanted for a really long time, but I'm not necessarily like, is not is not a top priority if you know what i mean so that's a really good question i i really really feel like i could go more in depth on that but i'll, I'll just leave it at that so uh shout out massey music appreciate you the last question i have saved it for last for a reason is from g pascarella jean marco the homie from instagram he's, well I, he's the homie from real life but the, the question was asked on instagram uh shout out jean marco was good what is the one thing you've created that you would say you're most proud of it's interesting because everything I've created, I'm everything I've created. I'm proud of, of course I am. But I also like once something is done and dusted, I feel like it's gloss, like fades kind of quickly for me. I guess it's just cause I try to move on to the next thing, but that's not to say I'm not proud of everything that I've made, but a couple of things I made a, a short film many years ago called a light at the end. It was for sort of uh East ghost uh, EP called a light at the end. And I say it was for, like, he didn't commission me to do it. I just did it because I was inspired by the project. And it's a very, like, kind of short music video, short film sort of thing. And I really enjoyed making that. It was so much fun. There's a part where uh, you'll see on screen, if you look it up, if you look up East Coast, A Light at the End, you'll find it on YouTube, where the camera is, like, running. It's as if somebody's running through the dark um, near a school. And that's because I was literally sprinting with my camera next to the school. So it just kind of... It was just a fun project to make and it's like this with a lot of things I make. It doesn't have meaning to me or as much until I'm done with it and that project has a lot of meaning to me. There's another one that I made in high school called Me where I took all of these home videos that you know were taken uh, by my dad as I grew up. He's was amazing how he would uh, document everything with all four of us Kowalski kids and I put it together and I kind of did a VO and it, it's, it was something that really helped me through like a difficult time in high school. Just your, your usual, you know, depression, anxiety that uh, a high school student would get not feeling like they fit in or having a purpose and, and stuff like that. Nothing crazy. I've worked through it, but that video was, was really great. Um, it's a nice reference to go, to kind of go back to. I don't know if that's on YouTube. Also, I th I'm really proud of the Jimmy Conrad's Twitch graphics package that I made, which is super recent. It's just a project that I, it, it's something that I, it was a different kind of project to work on. It was building out, you know, everything that you would see on his Twitch channel, everything you'd see on the show, like the intro and working with Camden Stacy, who's been a, a guest on the show to like get the right music and shout out to him for doing that. And just building like lower thirds and templates to, to hold videos and little like interstitials and just goofy bits with voiceover work. It's super fun. And I, I'm very proud of doing that because it feels like a really cohesive and like full-fledged package. But I think over all of these things so far, I'm most proud of creating show and tell. Um, and it feels weird to say that I like created it because I did, but it just feels like it was meant to be. It just felt like such a natural thing that it's kind of built itself in a way. I'm just kind of there to guide it, I suppose. And I'm proud of it because it's the thing that I, again, I'm meant to be doing this. I know for a fact, well, 
it's, it's very, it's almost very short sighted of me because, you know, I could change my mind tomorrow and that would be okay. That'd be so, so much okay. But I live very much in the present. And right now I know that this is what I'm meant to be doing. I love doing it. And I love being able to connect people to new music, connect people to people. And just to actually jump back to, to Massey's uh, question, I meant to say that another thing that would be an indicator of success for me is, is being in a position where I could connect people and help my friends who are artists or just people who I know who are on the grind also be successful. I think that's the main thing. And that's why I've kind of partially why I've built show and tell. I want to be able to just help push on people who are doing cool things um, and kind of, and just talk about it in terms of the podcast, just talk about cool shit. And I'm really proud of following through with that. It took about a year of just thinking about it to actually doing it. So I'm really proud that I made that step. And there's a lot of, there's a lot more things that I still want to do with it. And I think need to do with it in order for it to grow even more. It's, it's not always easy. There's, there's a lot of struggle with it and doubt and everything, but, um, I'm really proud that I got up to this point. So thank you everybody for fucking with me (laughs) pretty much so far up until this point. And I hope that, uh, I can continue to deliver, but no pressure. So thank you everybody for these questions. I think it's important to reflect on things and uh and also just the opinion based questions and like personal taste those are really fun to answer so i hope everybody enjoyed that part one we're gonna leave it there and i will be back in part two with show and tell Welcome back to the Show and Tell podcast. This is part two of the show where I would normally ask the guest to bring in an item of significance, but as we've found out by now, I hope, there is no guest. So I brought in an item of significance and I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna keep it a little short because uh, I believe that part one probably ran a little long. Uh, that's kind of been the vibe lately, but I don't, I don't really mind it. You know, the show's kind of just developing on its own. So that means kind of condensing part two, then, then that's okay. I try, I'm trying not to beat myself up about that like kind of breaking these rules, I guess, that I have, which, you know, and being okay with like, yeah, just, just, uh, who, whatever. I'm trying not to beat myself up about that too much. So anyway, what I have brought in today is something that I have on my, my wrist, my very, very sweaty wrist. I'm not joking. I'm dripping in sweat. It's getting incredibly uncomfortable in here. Maybe that's another reason why I'm condensing part two. It is a Fitbit and they're not a sponsor of the show and it's kind of weird sharing like a material item like that but i really like it and it's really helped me kind of push towards a healthier lifestyle i i i'm not unhealthy by any means um but i used to be an athlete i guess i don't know if i could call myself an athlete now but i used to be a high school athlete and for a short period of time a collegiate athlete i played soccer in college for one year didn't play much but i was on the team so I was in, you know, peak physical condition for that level at least. Um, when I when I was a freshman in college, I went in at like 175, and I ended up at the end of the year 190, or was it 190 or 200? I gained like 15 to 20 pounds of muscle because I just went to the gym, and having that access to a gym was great, and having that, like you know my teammates and other fitness people around me who were into working out like that helped push me on, which was really cool being a part of that community and bettering my physical health. Once that kind of came to the end, uh, I de- started to, to develop some some uh, negative habits um, from a physical perspective. I just started to do college kid things, started smoking some weed, and that you know led to like munchies. So I was and I wasn't working out as much. And obviously, once I turned twenty one, and not before I turned twenty one, I was drinking alcohol and just those like unhealthy habits and just kind of decreased motivation and staying fit kind of caught up to me a little bit, developed a little bit of a beer gut. And that's currently what I'm working on getting rid of. And also just trying to accept at the same time, because I think that's kind of an important thing is like, accept who you are and what you look like now, like, you know, love yourself for who you are. But if you want to improve it, then that's great. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to accept myself, but also become more fit and get back to that maybe not peak physical fit, fitness, but just kind of a level where uh, I can, yeah, just feel good. I think the main thing is just feeling good. I just want to feel a little bit better about myself. And, you know, there's plenty of times when I work out where, when I feel great after, and I know there's like a lot of mental benefits from working out. It, it kind of relaxes my mind. I, um, in the last like month or two, I've, I've been ramping up the amount of 
times and days that I've been exercising. I've been going for runs uh, a few times a week, starting to do some high intensity interval training, doing like stairs and just playing. Well, soccer's not really happening. That's a great excuse to get exercise in, but that's not really happening obvi- for obvious reasons. But um, and there and there's days where like the habit is is starting to kick in, which I think feels great. It's it it's feeling I'm feeling like I'm starting to get into a routine, and I, I've kind of br- broken through that wall where I might kind of give up or just get kind of sick of what I'm doing. Um, but there are days still where I'm like, and I, and, and I I can only work out in the morning. If I'm not working out in the morning, I'm like not working out for some reason. I just I just prefer doing it and getting it out of the way so that way I can you know, get the rest of my stuff done for the day. So there's days where I'll wake up and not be motivated, but I've been able to kind of push myself. I don't really know if I have the answer as to why that is, but I've been able to push myself. And then once I do it, I'm like, I feel good. I feel a lot better. Like I woke up today and I wasn't feeling motivated, not just to work out, but just to do anything, just kind of feeling lethargic and also feeling mentally lethargic and lazy and unmotivated, uninspired, a little bit of you know self-doubt, all of those kind of negative thoughts, but getting myself to go and work out has gotten me through those things. And the reason why I'm going on this tangent is because I got this Fitbit about a month, a month ago, month or so ago, and it's pretty simple. It just you know connects to the app, and it's really helped me get that motivation. As you all know, we had DJ Complexion on the show last episode, and the TFBS Discord server is a server that I am a part of. A lot of dope people there sharing wisdom, knowledge, asking each other questions, everything positive. And there's a TFBS fitness channel, which uh, I'm very heavily involved in and like to keep up with. And one day I noticed that people were talking about Fitbit and how, you know, like which one worked for them, if if it could do this, if it could do that. And I was thinking about getting one at the time. And that kind of uh, spurred me on to getting one. Kind of wanted to just be able to, to track calories burned and steps and just track workouts a little bit better, just be a little bit more self-aware of what I was doing and and conscious of that. So I got the Fitbit, which means I got the Fitbit app and this community, there's a handful of people. I think there's, there's probably a dozen or so of them and, and I included, there are challenges that we do. We do steps challenges where, you know, first person to get to 70,000 steps, that's not literally one, but first person to get to 70,000 steps wins. You don't win anything, but you just feel good. And it's mo- it's it's incredibly motivating because I am so competitive in everything that I do. It is, uh, it can be very, it can be very negative sometimes. So when, when these challenges happen, I really want to win. So the days that I am not really feeling, feeling up to going out, I remember, oh, there's this, uh, like, you know, active minutes challenge. Like I need to get 127 active minutes on TFBS or, or sorry, Fitbit bingo, where you, you know, you, you uncover bingo spots. What are they called? You know, it's like a bingo card and you have to like check off the spots as you go. And first person to get 10 or whatever the pattern is wins. So I'm super, 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 super competitive. And that shit makes me get out there and do the workouts. And now I'm starting to just be more into that. I'm being more conscious about my eating. My girlfriend and I are just trying to like cut carbs, just do the, you know, things here and there that, um, are just, like I said, just more conscious, just want to like, not feel like shit, even though I, you know, even if, even if I, even though I'll eat something that makes me feel good at the time, if it's not cooperating with my body afterwards, or if it's making me feel bloated, let's find a healthy alternative that, that still also might taste good. Uh, Or, or let's like go and go for a run and like burn those calories off and stuff like that. On top of that, trying to cut back on drinking a little bit. And so, yeah, I just feel like this, this Fitbit kind of symbolizes that, uh, this change in my life that I'm very excited to be doing, you know, these, these changes I'm excited to be making and, and this growth that I'm trying to achieve. And uh, it's definitely a process, but I, I just wanted to share that. I'm not telling anybody to get one, but I'm just saying that one, just like I've said many times, surround yourself with people who want to see you do better and, and will help you push yourself to do better. And two, if you need something that kind of like helps you get into it and is, you know, might make it a little, little fun, then spend the cash on it. It's like a hundred bucks. It, it was, it was fine. I was, I think it was well worth the purchase again, buyer's remorse on everything, but well, well worth the purchase. I would say, I think it's been really cool so far. I do have an, a bit of an addictive personality, so I do like check the stuff constantly, but I'm trying, I'm working on that too. There's a lot, there's a lot for me to work on, but, uh, 
it's all good. I can feel myself moving forward. And I hope that if you are working on something, I hope you are feeling yourself move forward too. And if not, I'm going to use the wise words of complexion. You can do this. You can absolutely do this. And uh, if you're on Fitbit, also add me. Let's get some challenges going. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a trash you. Just kidding. It's all in good fun. <laughs> I'm a trash you. And if I don't win, I'm gonna cry. I don't do that anymore. I don't cry anymore. I used to when I was younger, much younger, guys. Not when I was 22. Okay. So that's my item. Let's move on to the last part of the show before I wrap things up, and that is something that I didn't learn in school. And this is a piece of wisdom that I've picked up, not in the traditional classroom environment. And that is from my dad. He coined this phrase. He might've picked it up somewhere, but I know of it because of him. And that is buy once, cry once. You can apply that to literally anything. For example, I'm a videographer. I was looking at tripods. I was comparing two. I showed them to my dad to get his input. And he's like, yeah, that one, you know, might be 25 bucks more, but it seems like it's going to last you a lot longer. It looks more sturdy. It's not going to break as quickly, or at least it appears like it won't like the other one. And he said, buy once, cry once. Like if I buy something that's cheap, cheaply made and something that won't last, then I'm going to cry because of buyer's remorse. That's the cry once is like, you might cry a little bit because you got to spend a little cash, but if it breaks, then you got to cry a second time because you got to buy another thing. So buy once, cry because... Like I said, I don't like to spend money, so buyer's remorse. But you're only going to cry once because it's going to last a long time. So I have a Manfrotto, I mean, literally, if we're going back to this example, I have a Manfrotto tripod with a, like a fluid head tripod that I spent like 250 on, which is absurd that I'm spending that much money on a tripod. But it's lasted a really long time, and I'm very satisfied with it. Compared to, and I'm going to roast him a little bit for this, but, but I'm sure he'll laugh if he hears this. Uh, I did some research for Jimmy Conrad for a tripod and I sent him a couple good options and then he goes and buys like this $25 tripod and it breaks like t- literally two weeks later. I'm like, dude, what I tell you? So he repeats that phrase back to me. I-, I really think it's contagious. So if you keep that in mind, you can apply it to furniture like buying a cheap coffee table from Ikea or you know, investing in something that you want to have for you know at-, at least five years or something like that. Buy once, cry once. And that is the wisdom that I will impart on you to end off of the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for, if you're still listening, that's crazy. I just always feel so strange when I'm done with these because I've just been talking into a microphone and also staring at things in front of me, which is mostly just a wall uh, as I as I rant and ramble and go on tangents. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your continued support. If you wanna get in touch with me personally, I am at creator underscore K on Instagram, at creator K underscore on Twitter or at Let's Show and Tell on Instagram and Twitter. Get in touch with us. Check out our Spotify playlists. They get updated on the regs for real. The Sharing is Caring playlist, the main one, it's on week 89 of being updated. Like, come on, you got to put a little respect. You got to give me a little respect for that. Go check it out. It's really, really good music. And like I said before, Bop Stop, go check out Bop Stop. They're dope. If you feel so inclined to give a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, preferably if it's five stars, but I would prefer you to be honest. That would be amazing if you could take just a couple minutes to do that or just if you want to reach out just hit me up drop a comment on soundcloud if you enjoy the episode and yeah most importantly if you dig this episode share it with a friend as you would share anything you dig with a friend because sharing is caring peace <laughs>